Presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Good afternoon, Matt. Good afternoon, Derek. Today is a wonderful Thursday afternoon. The cold front has come through. It feels marvelous. Uh, sun is shining. We have a it couple feels like of, September. It, it does feels, feel like September. Yeah. We've got a couple of meet the teams happening tonight. We're not really going to preview those, but we do have football starting tomorrow night. We have, which is Friday night when you're listening to the show. We do have some recaps for you in sports. And uh, just a, a wonderful, busy weekend coming up. And then next week, Matt, everybody's playing. So it does feel like football season. It is football season. It is upon us. It, uh, we'll have tons and tons to talk about over the next 10, 11, 12 weeks when it comes to high school football. Had Meet the Tigers night. Uh, shout out to all the high school Tigers. Let's see, band, soccer, girls and boys, volleyball, cheerleaders, dance team, ninth grade football, high school football at Jenkins Field uh, on Tuesday night. So shout out to all the Tigers, all the people that were recognized the other night. The band actually gave us a little bit of a preview, maybe a five, six minute preview of the stuff that they've been working on so hard that Derek, we've made jokes about uh, how hard they work and how long they practice probably the longest practicing um group of kids i see in desoto county uh, i would i would yeah. i would bet no doubt about that and they did a good job so shout out to all the different um people that um are getting ready and getting geared up for fall sports fall competition band dance team all that stuff shout out to the people the tigers shout out to the patriots and the trojans i uh, look forward to covering you all fall long but uh, yeah it feels like september feels like a good weather to get out and uh drive around town Take a look at maybe some different properties, different uh, things. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some projects that will be coming up here in the city of Fernando in the next uh, year or so when it comes to residential real estate. If you're looking to buy or sell a home, please consider contacting our 2022 presenting sponsor, the number one real estate team in DeSoto County, Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch possesses over 66 years of combined real estate experience. They have thousands of closings since 2009 on the buying or selling side of residential real estate. They are full-time, full-service realtors, which means they are available anytime you need them. They were recently voted DeSoto's Best for the fifth time. Currently offering a free, no-obligation market analysis. Simply need your address. They can tell you all about your street, your neighborhood, your zip code, tell you how long houses are staying on the market, how fast they're closing. Brian and Terry possess all the analytics when it comes to residential real estate to help you walk through this difficult but very hot DeSoto County market. Call them today, 662-449-1700. Call Brian's cell phone, 901-461-7653. That's 461-SOLD, S-O-L-D. You can also do a full home search at teamcouch.com. That's going to be the entire Mid-South. Simply load in your zip code, let the filters, let the website do all the work for you when looking for the home of your dreams, whether it be in DeSoto County or the Mid-South. Brian and Terry and their team are ready to help. Thank you again, Team Couch of Birch Realty Group, for being our 2022 presenting sponsor. We wish you a wonderful fall season. And remember, every home needs a couch. Podcast continues to be recorded each and every Tuesday and Friday at the Mobile Cars and Van Rental Studios right here at the corner of McCracken and Commerce in Hernando. If you have plans to turn your car into a body shop or transmission shop, if you have a need for a car, truck, or van for one day, one week, or one month, Mobile Cars and Vans are ready to help. Give us a call at 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555. Again, cars, trucks, vans, cargo vans. If you need help when it comes to an insurance claim, let us help you walk through with all the different major brands. Some of the major brands that we're going to mention later in the Holland Insurance ad, that's some of the brands that we work with. Actually had a meeting with two adjusters this morning when it comes to one of the largest brands in the area, trying to grow business, but also trying to be of service to the residents of Fernando. Give us a call again, 662-469-4555, mobile cars and vans. Well, Derek, it's the third Friday show of the UTW podcast, and that always takes us into the Alderman Meeting Review. Go ahead and tell us about the meeting we had on Tuesday. Well, Matt, we kind of thought the meeting may be long. It was about an hour and a half long total, so not too bad. Kind of a, I won't say an average meeting, but maybe a slightly longer than average meeting. The agenda, you know, it's set. We had printed it off, kind of previewed it on the Tuesday show. There was a couple of things item uh, added to the agenda. Uh, before it started off. And one of those I want to briefly mention, the city will advertise for a finance director 
for the city of Hernando. This is a position that is being created, a finance director. Uh, it's being uh, recommended by the city clerk. Uh, the, the city may look to do something like that. So they're going to kind of put it out there. They're going to put together uh, what they want to re- like a resume to be, you know, some type of uh, qualifications, qualifications, yeah, job description. Right. And so they're going to put that out there. There will not be a salary listed okay. uh, right now. There will not be a salary. It's going to be kind of commiserate on the experience. Uh, so, you know, be looking for that. If that's something that you're interested in, a finance director for the city uh, will be a new position because they really have fallen, you know, behind and, and they're trying to catch up on past city audits that hadn't been done. They're still, you know, not done with the 2021 audit and now we're almost done with 2022 and so this is affecting the budget it's affecting when the the uh, budget for 2023 could be submitted could be done and i think toward the end of the meeting uh andrew miller also made something when they when they recessed the meeting which we'll get to here in a little while uh he kind of also mentioned hey i would really like to start this process in may there are some cities already ready to bid on their budget and the mayor kind of put it back on well we're still waiting on an audit before we can even do you know budget two years later so a lot of this has to do with the uh the publishing of a finance director that will be coming soon. The first thing we want to get to on this, of course, the consent agenda kind of explained what was in there. Obviously, everything was accepted. The next is the approval of the lowest bid of 345047 from Cleveland Construction. Now, this is for a 10-inch pipe on Holly Springs Road water main improvement. Now, we did not mention this on the preview, but I want to mention it now. This will be paid by ARPA funds. These are these ARPA funds that we've heard so much about over the last couple of years. Uh, These are finally now being, you know, they were finally, I guess, starting to be doled out July 1st. The city is now looking to request this from the state. This will be matched, of course, 20% by the city. And the reason for this one being done first, Jaybird, we mentioned last month or in the last month or two, they were at 93% capacity. Jaybird is now at 100% capacity. The Jaybird water plant is at 100% capacity. And so there are no more water tap permits being allowed off of that. So there will be, um, you know, there are some that were already kind of promised. Those will be done. After that, no, no more new water taps can tap into the Jaybird facility until, you know, these, uh, these pipe improvements and other things that we've talked about have, you know, can happen, starting with this 10-inch pipe being put in Holly Springs Road. Now, when this is done, again, this is not the Jaybird. They're not improving that. They're doing the one south of town going toward Lauder Road. They're going to switch 110 households off of the Jaybird plant to the Holly Springs plant to try to free up, again, 110 households. I'm not saying those are going to be replaced because, again, there are already some on the waiting list, but it will start working to uh, you know, reduce the dependency on the Jaybird and start kind of spreading that out a little bit more. Next, the approval to contract with the DeSoto County Clerk's Office to perform election duties. So the DeSoto County Circuit Clerk yes. will perform the election duties for the city's Correct. vote. Now, remember, they would not allow the city to move it to a different Tuesday. It has to be on the same Tuesday as the general election, but the county said they're going to help out. They're going to send their people over to help uh, us do our citywide election. This will be the pennies for the parks. Just that, That's the only thing that will be on the ballot for the city will be the penny for the park? There will be, yes. When you yes. go in and you're a city resident, you're going to have two different gotcha. things to vote on. That's yes. right. You'll have a general election, and then you'll have this thing uh, that the, the – the county's going to help with. So that was approved. Matt, something else we did not mention because, you know, I kind of skimmed through it, but uh, it did happen last night. Robert Carter is stepping down uh, from the planning commission. Now, he was the head of the, the president of the planning commission at the Correct. time. Uh, he got a promotion at work and said, look, I've got so much going on. I've got a kid who's a senior. I've got a lot of stuff going on in my personal life, plus, Understood, you know, a yes. new promotion. Sure. I need to step away from this. I don't have enough time to devote to this. And so he has stepped down. And Justin Max. Uh, was appointed to replace him on the planning commission. So he, so Justin Max will be a member of the planning commission. Yes. Someone else will probably step up who's been there for a while to head it, which is where Rob was. That, that's right. That's I'm right. not saying that Justin Max that's right. Gotcha. He's taking okay. over the, the head. He's just taking over Robert Carter's position. Now, remember, each planning commissioner is appointed by an alderman. Correct. I believe Ben Piper is the one uh, that had appointed Robert Carter. So he was the one that appointed Justin Max. And so now will be uh, he, he will now be serving as a planning commissioner for the city of Hernando. Next, we're getting into the planning portion of this. As I mentioned on Tuesday's show, this is a lot. There was seven or eight items on the planning. I'm going to go through these as quickly as possible. The first one are the, is the, the small lot behind the old Fred's, behind the hardware store here right there on Valley Street. The summary of that is it was too small to put two 8,000 square foot lots on there. So the developer, Butch Davis, uh, asked for it to be transformed to a PUD. Uh, it will now be a PUD. It's going to have two 
2,500 square foot houses that basically sit side by side. They're going to have a very small common yard in the back. Every PUD has to have a uh, a green space of at least 10% or more. So they're going to share backyards basically uh, in the back that allows them to meet the 10% uh, requirement. So basically a nice backyard. They'll just back right up to the complete home center. That is correct. Friend. That is correct. Very, <laughs> right, I, kids, I would expect, look out a, for the, uh, I would expect the, like the a brick fence trucks. or something go up. <laughs> Maybe paint some scenery on the fence. But again, I can't two, wait, yeah, I can't wait to see that. Now, 2,500 square foot. That's pretty big. It's a great house. So again, if you're looking for a new house, these will be right now for what we understand they will be sold. Uh, so two 2,500 square foot houses right there on Valley street behind the hardware store. Next, the 99 residential lots located south of Holly Springs Road and west of Getwell Road. Now, this was just the project text and preliminary site plan. If you've gone out there, of course, the trees have been cut, that sort of thing, but in no way is this ready to be final platted yet. Uh, they were asking for a couple of, um, you know, I guess suggestions or trying to make sure that they were following the city guidelines as to what the city wanted for this uh, subdivision. The city is requiring them any trees that you see remaining will remain. They're not allowed to cut any more trees. They also will have to tie in to St. Ives on the southwest end of the subdivision. Right. They'll have to tie, tie in to St. Ives. So once the subdivision is completed, you'll have, and you can enter from St. Ives off of Jaybird, or you can come in from this new subdivision called Gilbreth Ridge uh, off of Getwell Road. That, that right now, that's the primary entrance uh, that'll be uh, for that subdivision. Who's the, doing that project? This, yeah. will be, this is also Butch that's Davis. another Butch Davis project. 99 homes. The west side of Gitwell and Holly Springs, that corner. Right. There's going to be 2,400 square foot minimum houses. Mm -hmm. uh, there'll be a, anywhere from 9,600 square feet to one acre lots, a big wow. range of lots. 1.8 houses per acre, uh, and there will have, of course, an 11 acre common area. Okay. So, um, and again, a, yeah, that's very neat. Typical subdivision right there, but it will be a tie in to St. Ives, and I think also at some point Jefferson will tie into St. Ives, so you'll have different ways to be able to get out of all three subdivisions uh, here in the next you know couple years. Wow. Next one, the West Street rezoning, basically a, a single-family residential house. The lot was never platted. This is the house right off the square uh, to the west side of the square. Uh, it cannot currently be rebuilt, so they're looking to do some, uh, some maintenance to it. Uh, the house is currently not platted. It's in an area that's C3. They were only asking, hey, can we go from a C3 general commercial to R10 single-family residential? We all know there are residential houses around that just off the square, and so they're just trying to conform to the rest of the houses around there. Of course, there was no issue. The only thing that they wanted to get on record was saying, hey, look, if somebody wants to buy this house, if you need to fix up this house or whatever, it's in the historical district. So you have to pass the historical planning commission before you can do anything to this house. Next one, the Chapel Grove final plat. Uh, the Chapel Grove, the request to final plat the 70 lots. This is the one on Robinson Gen we've mentioned several times have been tabled. They finally got the water line issues worked out. So the developer will pay for the water line, and the city will pay for the easements that have to cut through other people's properties in order to get the water line where it needs to be, kind of up the road there on Robertson Drin Road. Now, this is an interesting subdivision. These are going to be one-acre lots uh, right across from the ball pit field, or maybe the hockey rink is where the entrance will be. Again, this is a final plat, so they're now available to sell or to, or to build on. There is, curb and gutter are not required. Mm -hmm. This was originally AR, AR land when the subdivision was started, and so it re will remain in the AR category, uh, but it will be one-acre lots, which is a requirement of the AR. They will not have curb and gutter, and so you know if you like a, a yard that's kind of nice all the way to the street, you know, grass kind of rubbing against the street, this might be the subdivision for you. They go on sale right now. I'm at another Butch Davis subdivision. Wow. Uh, so this will He's be, had a busy month. He, he did have a busy month, and uh, Greg Smith was representing him on all three. Yep. Greg Smith had a busy night uh, in front of the Board of Aldermen. The next one is the Mackinville Square PUD. Uh, this, of course, um, is the one right here we've talked about just east of the Country Club, right there on Mackinville Road. We got a little more information on this one. I'm going to spend a little more time because uh, the, the renderings were shown, did a great job showing the subdivision. We had a couple of aldermen also send us uh, some things on a couple of, of different subdivisions that were talked about on Tuesday night. And this was one of the pictures, but the, uh, this one is actually on the, uh, uh, on the YouTube if you want to see it. It's, it's a, it looks like a beautiful project. So there are going to be three buildings. They'll, but they'll be done in phases. Each building is a separate phase. This was the approval of, final, of, of the first phase, so the phase first one. building to go one. Right. Now, this, the buildings will, are going to be 65 feet high, wow. which is extremely high. Uh, obviously, they, it was a variance for that. But uh, he wanted to make clear the 65 foot is actually the top of the parapet. So it's going to have, you know, like a nice roof structure to it. Sure. So it's actually the top of the roof, not the highest floor, quote unquote, floor itself. Right. First floor will be restaurants for all three buildings or, or, I guess, commercial retail. This building will have 8,000 square feet of restaurant. And then the second and third floor will be 8,000 square feet 
feet of lofts, apartments, whatever you want to call them. And then the, the, the top floor will be 8,000 square feet, including an office space. Eventually, there'll be 64 lofts that are part of this project. Now, the developer, this is on. I'm not taking anything. You can see this on YouTube. The developer says, this, these three buildings will not be larger than, but will be nicer than Silo Square. The amenities in the buildings will be nicer. Right. Uh, the look of the buildings will be nicer. And he kind of gave some statistics for the city, you know, hoping that they would approve it. 411000 a year in sales tax should come from these buildings. 72000 a year in property tax should come from these buildings. And uh, again, he reiterated because one of the aldermen asked him, no, I'm not doing all this at once. There will be three phases. Each building is anywhere from six to eight million to build. Sure. He said, look, I'm not going out for 25 million day one. Uh, so he's going to do the first one, see how that goes and go from there. Right. This is a very interesting stat because I had not ever heard of this. He said that he believes that the mix of these buildings, like the lofts, we're talking about the, the residential portion of these buildings, uh, up to 70% of the first phase will probably be single professional women. Sounds right. Renting these spaces, which I thought was, I mean, not couples. Right. You know, not men. Dude, single professional women are really looking. They're really coming down. You know, they're, they're, these are accountants. These are lawyers. Uh, now, these these rents going to be anywhere from two thousand to twenty four hundred dollars a month. So it's not cheap. Uh, well, they're looking. They're looking for a safe area. Right. A safe place, and it, you know, it's an easy drive into Memphis. Twenty five, thirty minutes of downtown Memphis. You know, there's. Men and women making really, really good money that are single, that are 24 to 33 years old, mm-hmm. and they're looking for a place um, to enjoy and be safe. And um, that that sounds exactly Jump like right what there on t- you know, right That's there it. on 269. Right. Exactly. Uh, he, now, he mentioned that, look, he said like, he knows that there are waiting lists at Silo Square. Right. Uh, could be up to 100 or more. You know, so he's hoping to pull from some of that. You know, maybe, I don't know if they have deposits. I don't know how that works, but he's looking for, to pull from some of that. He also says that he hopes that his buildings will set the standard or you know, the architectural standard for the corridor, that McInville corridor. Sure. Andrew Miller was adamant. He said, look, we're not approving anything. That's up for the planning commission to decide what, you know, what things look like, where they go. We just come here for the finals. You know, he was not saying that. He's just like, look, I'm going to show you how nice it can be. I hope that going forward, you know, y'all decide to make it that nice for the city itself, including the planning commission. What will decide on that? But that's up to y'all. He but feels he, confident. He feels confident that he can set the mark, right? A really good high water mark for hey, this is what the buildings, houses, things are going to look like for the next 20, 25 years in that corridor. In that corridor, I like it. Yeah, good for him. Very little discussion. Um, nobody came out and talked against it. I think he had tried to meet with all the people beforehand to say, really, look, what are your issues? Let me talk to you about what I'm going to do. And it was approved. You know, again, all these up to this date, sure. all were approved seven zero. Derek, I got three texts since our last show about what restaurant we're talking about. <laughs> and we're going to continue to <laughs> we're gonna uh, keep that. We're, we're going to keep, keep that, that quiet. I mean, it's none of our business, really. But I, I think it's going to be a really awesome project. It's only a matter of time for the north eastern side of Hernando with the you know the field house and that area the Mackinville exit off of 269 beautiful gorgeous high school will be there for the next 30 35 years in the next two or three years that's definitely the growth or growth opportunity out that way and um hopefully hopefully not a lot of repealers can get their hands on it if you go back and listen to our show two weeks ago to understand what i'm talking about we 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 joked around about there being repealers in small towns that are just against everything and uh hopefully this project uh, kicks off and it's gonna be awesome and then this is like good growth and again bringing retail to, to a different part of the city that really needs it absolutely love it i can't wait Next, a request for a final plot approval of one lot on 3.47 acres. And this is the one at Star Landing Road that people may not have understood was Hernando. Not really much to say about this. It was approved, but it is interesting. We got we kind of got a, a glimpse into what's probably going there. Matt, looking at another uh, another gas station, another service station. Sure. And so one of the aldermen asked, hey, look, is there a limit to the number of service stations a town can have? Because, you know, he said, we've literally approved probably anywhere from five to ten Air, you know, lots, areas this year, just this year, that are going to be service stations in and around, you know, the, our city. And so there are cities who have put moratoriums on, on service stations and stuff like that. That has not been done in Hernando. That was not going to be anything mentioned on the next meeting. But I think there are starting, there may be one or two on the board starting to look at, hey, we've got too much of one thing. We may need to start, you know, we don't mind rezoning stuff, but, you know, let's talk with the planning commission or even ourselves say, hey, look, we might not want that there. So anyway, just kind of a, a comment there at the end. I can't remember. It was either right before or right after it was approved. Next, the request to vacate the lots at the Grove Park Professional Park really not much to say there because it leads right into the next the last one which was the f- request for a final plot approval of what was originally presented seven lots 
on 2.7 acres. Now, this is the Grove Park subdivision right there on Bahalia Road. Originally presented to the Planning Commission for seven lots. For seven lots. This is where the AERG building is, right past our wonderful sponsor. Correct. Uh, DeSoto Family uh, Dental Care. And so, right there, that blank canvas with a ditch running behind it, they were asking for five lots on one side, two lots on the other side. Right before that meeting, the developer came with a change. He went from seven lots to six lots. You think he listened to our show? I think he listened to our show. I, I mean, I, I would venture to say our show had something to do with that because seven houses was seven. Well, I mean, too many. Yeah, too many. Seven houses too I'm many. not one to tell people what to do with their properties, but I can tell you six houses are a way better well, we situation were, yeah, than seven. Yeah, and we, and we were able to see a, a picture of the plat, and Correct. a lot one, or what would have been a lot one, was disastrous. It, it well, was uh, pie-shaped well, well, no, Derek, with they a were ditch two-thirds into it. They were going to build a treehouse. <laughs> right. It was going to be a treehouse situation. It would have been like Swiss Family Robinson on that last, uh, no pun intended, with Bruce. Yeah. But uh, it would have been the uh, would have been a treehouse is what they would have sold on that last property. And they cut it from five to four. I'm sorry, Derek, I'm jumping ahead. Yeah, no, you're okay. Listeners, they did go ahead and approve what was presented which was four on the western side, two on the eastern side uh, behind the ARG building. So that did get approval. I, I just got to say, good job for them. It's just a better family situation. Yeah. That one lot was really bad, and it, it works out. Four, they, they, they enlarged all of the four lots Correct. by you know, just you know, a bit, yes. several, minute, you know, several whatever square feet. But the main thing is that lot one, because of the way that ditch comes off of Bahalia, I mean, it literally cut off an entire side yard and half the backyard. And so they'll, they'll able to wide that out a little more and maybe move the house over a little bit. So anyway, good Derek, job by the who, who has to weed eat that, that ditch? Man, uh, the city's you, probably like, hey, it's uh, yours now. Yeah, it's yours exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, you own about uh, 20 feet into the ditch or however that works in the waterways and stuff like that. So good luck, Mr. Homeowner. For uh, You might want to um, – let's cut that down once or twice a year and then spray it the rest yeah, of the so time. Yeah, so we can be able to see, to like pull it out, be able to look around the corner wow. there because uh, yeah. it, it gets pretty high. Gets <laughs> I'm pretty looking forward to see how the houses are built, what that looks like. That, yeah. That'll be that, Look, we've said on here numerous times, I'm not going to tell somebody what to do with their property, but I do – really think six houses versus seven was the way to go and i live very close to this project and uh you know good luck to those homeowners uh, in the future and, and look and, and i know everybody in the city knows what we're talking about because this is the major cut through for the middle school and the high oh, yeah. school wow i didn't Come notice Derek. Yeah, i didn't notice that every person <laughs> from the middle school and high school cuts right through and it's also the place of the big fountain that freezes when it gets uh below that's freezing. right that's yep. right uh also you know we, we are putting it out there now i want to be first on the list once we get the rules for the speed bumps for the uh for the cut through there Correct. because it is a. Uh, but that that seven fifteen and that uh, two thirty in the afternoon really just uh, fly throughs there. Uh, a couple other comments that were made. They will maintain the twenty five foot landscape buffer off of Bahalia Road. That will stay. Uh, there was mentioned about taking the island out that goes around everybody right there. Right. And but the mayor is like, no, we we like that because it slows traffic. And again. He knows that we will be asking for speed bumps at some point here in the future, but it is it is saying that both medians right there are supposed to be maintained by the commercial lot. So the one commercial lot that has the ARG building on it, that is the one that must maintain the medians. And uh, one of the uh, aldermen said, hey, you know what? Um, the medians are not being maintained. Those trees look terrible. I agree. So I agree. So that probably Let's needs get to be this done. up. Uh, anyways, that you, was Real done. quick question. When you're going to that median, do you go to the right or left? Oh, coming into the neighborhood? Coming into the neighborhood. Left. Yeah, I always, always go left. left. I, I, have it, I have not gone to the right of that median, that little bitty tree, you know, in, in forever. I'm oh. always a left or just poop, just yeah, swipe it, over it, Assuming there's no it, car coming, it is always to the left. I, I think it's just because it makes me feel dangerous. I think that might be what it is. I'm 43 <laughs> years old. Not a lot of danger in my life necessarily. So it makes me feel good just to go to the left side and, uh, you know, be against the law right there. Now, the discuss for the tax levy for advertising uh, and approval to advertise a public hearing today. That we're taping this today. Uh, the tax levy was to be advertised today. There was no mention of an increase in taxes. There was no mention of keeping taxes the same. They just said they will advertise the tax levy for the 2022-2023 fiscal year starting today. So um, as we're speaking right now, I may be putting out when you're hearing this on Friday, it may already be posted maybe on DeSoto County News, maybe in DeSoto Times, wherever they need to do it. Be looking for the tax levy uh, that will be advertised for what the city of Hernando plans to do for the next year on taxes, on Advorum, property taxes, that sort of thing. They kind of had a couple more conversations about what the budget's going to look like. So this takes us to the end of the meeting. This meeting did not end. It was going to be recessed to the August 23rd, which is next Tuesday. And this is where Andrew Miller mentioned, hey, look, we need to start this in May. Mayor agreed. Other aldermen said they would also like this because, Matt, think about it. 
they're get, they will not be getting numbers for the starting until next week. Now, they've gotten very small numbers from a couple group. I think the court has already done theirs. Maybe one other one. Oh, the cemetery's done theirs. But now we're getting the big ones. We're getting police. We're, we still haven't gotten fire, parks, all that. Still have to present to the city what they would like. And that's starting on August 23rd. They have to prove that. Basically, they give them three weeks to right. go through the major, the four or five major departments in the city right. to be able to see the numbers. And they're like, we, we have to have two, three months to do this. And so the mayor said, we're working toward that. So the meeting was recessed until next Tuesday, 6 o'clock. This will be a working meeting. They will be looking at the budget. They will be hearing from you know whoever they call. They did not give us a list yet of who will be the first uh, departments called. Open to the public. Open to the public. So please, you can watch this on YouTube. Right. You can go in person uh, next Tuesday at 6 o'clock. But we will, again, we're going to treat this like a regular alderman meeting. If there's an agenda put out, we will preview that for you on Tuesday. And then we will cover that just like we did last year uh, on our Friday show. So again, some of these meetings could be two or three hours long, but we'll have you the information next Friday. Thank you, Derek, for that wonderful Alderman review. Again, we always say thank you to the Board of Aldermen, City Attorney, City Clerk, all the people that have to be there on the first and third Tuesday of the month, whether it's the people that set up the YouTube channel, Gia Matheny, those type people, police chief, everybody that's got to be there serving the city. We really, really appreciate that and doing the city business, uh, no doubt about it. Well, Derek, something else happened since our last show. The gentleman that runs the Mississippi Economic Council spoke locally about what's going on in the state of Mississippi. Give us a quick rundown of that. There was a luncheon that was held last week. The Mississippi Economic Development Council, which is kind of like the obviously it's the state's version of our DeSoto Economic Council, shared a list of goals and a plan of action to develop a world-class workforce to meet the needs of today's jobs and those of the future during, again, the luncheon this was month, this past Monday in South Haven. Now, last fall, the Mississippi Economic Council held 51 small group meetings in 18 regions of the state to get an idea of what the state needs to do in order to continue attracting and retaining a skilled workforce. Now, there, there was a report done that said that uh, identified a lack of qualified workers as the biggest concern facing businesses across the state. While nearly 70% of the attendees at the luncheon said they were planning to hire new workers in the coming year, 87% of Mississippi employers believe that their current workforce will need additional training, credentials, or certifications in the next 10 to 20 years. Other concerns that need to be addressed and that are holding Mississippi back is the need to expand access to broadband, rebuilding the state's roads and bridges, which of course the new lottery is trying to help with, and to improve access to health care. One of the tasks of the Mississippi Economic Council is to improve the education attainment goal among Mississippians. Currently, only 44% of Mississippians ages 25 to 64 have a college degree or a high school credential compared to 51.9% nationally. The goal is to boost that number to 60% by 2035. He said that every percentage point, so again, trying to go from 44% to 60%, every percentage point, increase in percentage point, has the potential to add $20 million to the Mississippi economy through reduced social spending and increased state and local taxes. Part of the effort is to remove the stigma of college students who choose not to go to a four-year college and those that do to try to keep them in the state of Mississippi by increasing the areas that he mentioned. So, again, you know, we all know education, workforce is the main thing keeping. And I think the third thing he mentioned also was the, um, you know, this, the, the stigma of the state itself, you know, past prejudices by the state, that sort of thing, really hurts the image of Mississippi. And so this is what his group, the Mississippi Economic Council, is trying to work for and has a plan put in place to try to rectify some of this stuff basically in the next decade. Derek, uh, do you think this gentleman may ever hear the show? I don't know if he will or not. I don't know. If, can if I you give make my a comment that is opinion? strong enough. No, 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 no. Can I give my honest uh, can, course, May I? And this course. is me it's talking, your, not it's you. your show. It's your show. It, well, it is my show, but yeah. I don't want you to get fired from your job for what I say. He's 100% wrong. Okay, t- t- He's 100% wrong. A college degree does not matter right now, in my opinion, in the state of Mississippi. We have created a world. There's a world created now where our, our lifestyles are so expensive, whether it be the fuel that goes in our car, whether it be the food that we have to put on. There, I, I had a gentleman who works for, and this was a couple of years ago, he works for and manages a very large um, car repair mm-hmm. group in the area. And he said uh, in interviewing multiple guys to be at their lowest level position, their lowest level thing that they do. And you can figure out maybe where I'm talking about, what I'm talking about. Let's just call them a tire tech. That's what it is. More than one person interviewing for that job was expecting to be paid $75,000 <laughs> for that job. Right. And that doesn't, that doesn't work. Right. That doesn't work. The numbers don't work. 
to me, it's not a college degree. Let me go ahead and say this. My daughter is in college. You and I know college degree people that have a college degree that do not know how to or want to or care to W-O-R-K. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a matter of college stuff. It's a matter of presenting uh, opportunities and things and stuff for people to still go out and kill something and drag it home. 40, 45, 50 hours a week of work. I mean, we could sit here and improve broadband all we want to and improve roads all we want to. If you don't want to go to work, you don't want to go to work. We're at 44%. He's saying to take it to 60, which means that still 40% would not have a college degree. Right, and I, and, and I understand that. And, but and I, think that's a, I mean, I think that's a decent okay. spread. All right, I'm sorry to jump in on this. Yeah. Have you The quality of education of those colleges that we're talking about, got to go to college, got to go to college. I think our generation was definitely pushed to go to college. Yeah. My mom and dad, they pushed me. It wasn't an option for me. Uh, I, I talk to my son all the time. There's numerous opportunities and things with your hands or oh, yeah. a, a different thing that you don't have to go to college, but you have to be able to W-O-R-K for the next 10, 15, 20 years, go to work. Let's get to work. Let's get our prices of our gas down. Let's get our, let's get our price of living down to where, you know, people can afford to live on 20, 25, 30, 35, $40 an hour that are out there opportunities. Yeah. And I think that another thing though he may have been looking at is what our company is asking for. Right. So if companies are moving here and asking, you know, like we talked about earlier, the finance director, if asking for, hey, look, the minimum requirement is you have to have a four-year degree, okay. and there's only 44% of the state that could even apply for that, and probably all of them have a job at, the, you right. know, at that time, right. that is tough for those companies Understand. coming in. So I think that's, I think it's trying to, you know, put out there, that, you know, if companies are asking for this, we have to match what they're asking for. Sure. Now, if companies come in and say, hey, look, we just need people, we just need welders, we just need electricians, we just need people that work with their hands, then I'm sure that, you know, okay, well, now let's switch more to this, but right now, the companies, it seems like they're courting are requiring the four-year degree while he's hoping to get this increase, yeah. which right or wrong for a four-year degree. I mean, there's plenty of people who didn't ever graduate college that have done extremely well in life, 100%. Uh, billionaires all across the globe. Uh, so that's not necessarily the end-all be-all, of course. But I think that's what the companies are putting on there as a minimum requirement. And Mississippi is not able, the Mississippians are not able to meet that minimum requirement. I guess I'm simply saying, are we, te- we're pushing kids to go for knowledge, to go for learning. Right. Are we teaching them the right thing? Right. You know no, what I'm saying? I, Are we I, I teaching them the right thing? You and I have kids that just started at Ole Miss. I hope Hannah Grace and Bo, when they're 22, 23 years old, when they're graduating college in whatever direction they're going in, what I hope for both of them is that they'll be able to look an adult, look at a, a job, potential employer in the face, talk to them, and have a conversation. Because mm-hmm. that is a really, really lacking thing between the ages of 14 and 24 right now. Oh, yeah, it, it is. absolutely is. It's a big thing. I mean, Derek, I know guys that own lawn companies. I know guys that wash cars. Obviously, I have a lot of cars that get washed. I know guys that wash cars for a living. They'll go out there in 105-degree heat. Some days it's hot as all get out. There's times I've handed him – there's days I wish I was him <laughs> because I hand him a lot of money that particular day, and it's every week and everything. And what does he do? He's a hard worker. He goes to work. He's not afraid to knock on doors and get after it. And as long as you'll do that – that's what I preach to my son uh, – as long as you'll do that, you'll always have a job. That's right. You got to go kill something and drag it home, and uh, that's that's what that is. So um, I'd love to I'd love to speak more to that gentleman and what they do. And I just feel like college are we teaching kids the right thing at college? And um, you know that's definitely debatable. But what's not debatable is the impressiveness of our seasonal sponsor, the Hernando Farmers Market. It's a place to shop. It's a place to gather. But more importantly, it's a rare chance to experience the rich simplicity of a Mississippi small town. It's truly a fresh local experience. Now with over 50 vendors every Saturday morning from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. on the historic Hernando Square, the farmer's market is ready to serve you. Some of those vendors include Brown Dairy Farms, The Cookie Lady, Black Sheep Hot Sauce, Adney's Handmade Crafts, Precision Sharp, Coffee Central, over 50 vendors every Saturday morning, 8 to 1, on the historic Hernando Square. Gia Matheny and her team do a wonderful job for one of the best farmer's markets in the Mid-South. Get out every Saturday morning through October, and then a special farmer's market comes up for the Dickens of a Christmas in November. A wonderful, wonderful seasonal sponsor, a wonderful asset to the city of Fernando every Saturday morning. Get out this weekend and support the Hernando Farmer's Market. Are you a hardworking and motivated individual looking for a full-time or part-time career in commercial insurance? Holland Insurance wants you on their team. Holland Insurance was founded in 1981 and has been staffed with local industry experts who are eager to make a difference in every life they touch. Working with large companies such as Nationwide, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Humana, Cigna, Aetna, 
Principal, Haggerty, Liberty Mutual, Travelers. Those are just some of the 60 insurance companies that Bruce Robinson and Jerry Holland represent with Holland Insurance. Give them a call today at 662-895-5528. That's 662-895-5528. Tell them your needs. Tell them your budget. Let Holland Insurance work with you to put you with the right company when it comes to auto, home, life, property, or any insurance need that you have. Call them today, 662-895-5528. Thank you, Holland Insurance. Middle of our Friday show puts us at our DeSoto County shout-outs that we do every Friday. Simply put, it's uh, nonprofits that are trying to grow their event a little bit, nonprofits that are trying to shed a little bit more light when it comes to their event. One thing we've worked hard on over the last six weeks is promoting our first one, Derek, which is, uh, give us a clue. I like what you did there, Matt. <laughs> The uh, Hernando Park Scavenger Hunt is this Saturday, tomorrow, if you're listening to this, August 20th, starting at 8.30 a.m. Meet with your team of 2 to 5 at the Gale Center tomorrow morning for a morning of fun, facts, and finding. So this is the annual citywide scavenger hunt. Again, Gale Center. Uh, hopefully you've already registered your team. I don't know if they'll take a last-minute uh, entry. Um, if, if you think they will, please go ahead and give them a call today. I show up tomorrow. Look, bring matching T-shirts. Bring you know just anything you want to carry around. Make it fun. Uh, have your team, whether it's your family, whether it's friends. Uh, you need somebody that can drive. You need somebody that can take pictures with their phone or has a phone that can take pictures or videos and, uh, and get ready to be handed your sheet. And then once the sheet is handed out around 845, you're off and have to have, I believe, everything back by noon that day. Just a wonderful morning of doing everything again you can win one thousand dollars one thousand dollars in a check cash hard money to you and your team uh, just a wonderful way to spend a morning so if you want to learn more about hernando if you want to you know kind of see parts of the city you probably didn't know exist or why they exist you know a lot sometimes it's, it could be one of our facts of the week maybe that you listen to uh, may give you a clue on something that's on that sheet uh, you'll have to make you know have to take pictures you'll have to make videos but really looking forward to uh, seeing some of this hearing about some of this tomorrow at the 13th annual Hernando Park Scavenger Hunt. Be there at 8.30 a.m. Gale Center. Should be a lot of fun. Get out and enjoy the 13th annual scavenger hunt. Visit with Miss Dolly, wonderful, wonderful curator of this uh, event. She really, really puts her blood, sweat, and tears into it. So tomorrow is the day. Get out and support tomorrow, August 20th. Derek, then we're going to turn our attention. Let's go ahead and talk about some things in September. We'll say it real quick. Every Thursday in September, the hometown headliners on the square. If the weather stays like this, it'll be wonderful, wonderful opportunities. Five Thursdays, you will be able to see live music right there on the historic square with the hometown headliners put on by the Hernando Chamber of Commerce. Shout out to them and good luck. And we'll continue to remind you each and every week about that. Well, Derek, the first show will be uh, Twin Soul on September 1st. The very next night will be the DeSoto Arts Council first Friday back porch party. I always, I continue to say if the weather's like this, whoo, what a night it could be. Tell us about the first Friday back porch party for the DeSoto Arts Council. 7 to 9 p.m. at the Arts Council right there north of the square, the little white house right there on Highway 51. Uh, there's a beautiful area in the back. If you've never been, there's a patio. we got fans, tables, and chairs. Uh, members will have their first drink free, uh, and then every other drink after that, $5. If you're a non-member, does not mean you cannot come. Please come. Uh, drinks are $5 a, a ticket, $5 a drink, and there will be usually light hors d'oeuvres or some type of pickup food there for you. And again, wonderful entertainment uh, that will be played that night. So again, I believe, Matt, September 2nd, Stephen Michael will be playing Great, for yeah. the first Friday Bat Porch Party. Really looking forward to that. Uh, so again, coming out, uh, everybody who knows who Stephen is, is a wonderful, wonderful act. Be able to come out and just, again, enjoy what we hope is a 69, 68 degree night just like it is going to be tonight and uh, maybe a little dry come out that September air uh, you have uh, so you can go to the uh, Thursday night on the square you can go there on the Friday night maybe go to maybe stop by right after right before you go to the ball game that night uh, wherever that may be uh, on that September 2nd so again just a great start to your Labor Day weekend uh, hometown headliners followed by the first Friday back porch party. Well, Derek, something that's become an annual event for us, uh, as I mentioned with the Palmer Home, uh, it's not in Hernando, but it supports the Hernando uh, staple that is Palmer Home. Tell us all about it. All right, so this will be Thursday, September 8th. Again, Thursday, September 8th will be the Shotgun and Sunflowers, which all the benefits, all the proceeds going to the Palmer Home for children right here in Hernando. Uh, they are thrilled to announce uh, the uh, it's going to be held at the Memphis Hunt and Polo Club starting at 6 p.m. that evening. Again, the Memphis Hunt and Polo Club, Thursday, September 8th at 6 p.m. They invite you to join for a garden and gun inspired outdoor culinary experience that celebrates Southern culture, libations, and live music in an elegant venue. 
The event, again, benefits Palmer Home and their efforts to provide children and families with the resources they need to thrive. So that's something you're interested in Thursday, September 8th at 6 p.m. at the Memphis Hunt and Polo Club. Just a lot of stuff going on in September, Derek. We have some other ones that are going to start. We're going to start covering in the next couple of weeks some more September events for those different, uh, you know, nonprofits. If you have a nonprofit, run a local nonprofit and uh, need some attention on your event or something you're trying to raise money for, please consider emailing us at underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com. That's underthewaterinfo at gmail.com. And Derek and I will do our best to help. So we really, really appreciate all the different nonprofits and those people. Derek, you and I are very involved in a, a special men's group nonprofit that works really hard throughout the entire year have a huge meeting tonight Derek. one of our largest uh incoming classes right. for the crew of fernando dozens of guys have said hey i want to be a part of something and uh that's exciting i mean no, we're really excited about really excited some younger guys i know Derek, you and i are getting older and some of these younger guys we would know as uh we knew them as teenagers <laughs> and now they've moved back to the area but that's uh you know look that's the stuff that you and i talk about all the time both on air and off air about having the kind of community having the kind of area that people in their 20s and 30s young couples young people want to to move to so uh shout out to all of us under the water tower for pushing and continue to push that well uh derek uh, some of those young people moving to town uh may be looking for a very special place to move their or transfer their dental needs to well matt DeSoto family dental care has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience dr seymour dr paroli and dr trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments and general dentistry, including implants and implant-supported dentures, as well as Invisalign. The office is designed to provide a safe, comfortable, and relaxing atmosphere for their patients. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference and give them a call at 662 429-5239. Again, 662-429-5239. I do know for a fact we have some of those young couples that have moved to Hernando in their 20s, starting their families. Uh, I know they listen to our show because I get texts from them sometimes about different things we discuss and people that I've gotten to know. So thank you for continuing to listen and support the UTW podcast. Please tell all of your other uh, 20-something and 30-something friends and couples about the show. We really, really appreciate that. And if you're looking for, if you're in your 20s and 30s, maybe you have your first home, maybe you're looking for your first home, and there's some projects around the house that you need help with, please consider calling our longtime sponsor, Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and so much more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. Whether it's leaf removal, tree trimming, fall cleanups, gate repair, fence repair, anything on the outside of your home or office, whether it be a simple mowing job, whether it be landscaping, all those different projects. If you need some help, let Richard come out, take a look. If he can't help you, he'll help you find someone who can. Call him today at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or find more information all about Richard and his team at williamslawnmaintenance.com. And you can always see more about him and his team on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. Thank you, Richard, for continuing to support the UTW podcast. I know Richard is a big sponsor and big booster of the Hernando football team and the Hernando FCA, which oh. has continued to grow. I think they average over 100 kids every week wow. at the FCA at Hernando. So shout out to Richard for his continued support there. And uh, Derek, that may be something we get with the uh, very nice lady. She's actually a coach that runs the Hernando FCA. Something come on in the next two or three months and visit about that, the growth and opportunities to serve She's always looking for opportunities to serve when it comes to the FCA. So shout out to all those people that are doing that. Again, give Richard a call, 662-292-8855. Well, as I mentioned, uh, Richard being a booster of the Hernando football team. Before we talk about football, though, we've got some different stats, different things that are coming up for some of the other sports that we cover, soccer, volleyball. Tell us about that. All right, so as we previewed on Tuesday, the North Point girls took on Magnolia Heights in a local rivalry with the Lady Chiefs traveling to South Haven. The young Trojans got a goal early and then added a few more to win 5-0 and approved to 2-0 on the season. Freshman Hayden Moneymaker scored her second straight hat trick, and junior Kara Terry added a brace to complete the scoring. Eighth grader Anna Claire Dowdy kept a clean sheet. North Point starts a senior, two juniors, five sophomores, two ninth graders, and an eighth grader in goal and are continuing to get better each match. The next match is tonight at home versus Memphis East. Again, tonight at home versus Memphis East. Predicting a win. 
Matsko predicting going three and zero. We look forward to recapping this match on our Tuesday show. Next, Lewisburg faced off against St. George, and I was completely wrong on saying St. George is not usually strong on volleyball. They usually are not, but this year may this may be a different year for them. They gave Lewisburg all they wanted. As with Hernando, Lewisburg took the first two sets, 27-25 and 25-23. St. George came back and won the third set, 25-10, and then won a marathon fourth set, 31-29. Lewisburg, though, dug deep and got the fifth and final deciding set, 15-10. Lewisburg is now on a three-match winning streak and improved to 3-3. Three and three. They next play Saturday at the Juanita Bodie, again, Juanita Bodie tournament in Hoover, Alabama. Now, finally, for volleyball, Hernando coming off the tough law, Lewisburg loss, the Lady Tigers looked to bounce back against the Lady Mustangs of Center Hill. Hernando started off slow, losing the first set 15-25, but came back to win the second set 25-22, the third set 25-23, and the final set 25-23. So all three of the last sets were within three games, but Hernando was able to win all three and take the match three to one. Hernando improved to three and one, two and zero oh in district on the court. They will take on Regents of Oxford tonight. JV has a game this weekend, and then they will have another district game next Tuesday against South Haven. Good luck to the Lady Tigers tonight, and as they approach another district game next week, that we will we'll both preview and review the stats from this past week. And finally, Matt, it is the start of football season. It is here. Now, before I want to say real quick, uh, before we get into the uh, Trojan game, because the Trojans actually do play tonight on Straight Friday up. night. This is an actual legit this game. Is, this no is jamboree this is, kickoff. No, private schools start a week before wow, the public yeah, schools, so okay. this is it. So now I want to say this, though. Still, tonight, so Friday night, the Hernando Tigers are playing at Lake Cormorant in a jamboree. Yeah. This year we have – they have, and I know they've always had this, but they did a good job this year of advertising what the themes are for every game. So we're going to read the themes okay. for every Hernando game. If you're going to the Lake Cormorant scrimmage or jamboree I, this I Friday night. I think you're night, supposed to be a student, not a, not an adult. I, this is for the students. We're saying this, this is for the students. Parents, <laughs> don't, don't, if you're a parent, don't show up uh, dressed the same as your kids. I know, do but here, here this, is, this, this is for your students. Give so us this Friday. Know, anywhere go. from what kindergartners through 12th graders, this is what we're doing right here. Neon. Neon. We're in neon. neon. We're going to go neon, going to the swamp. We're in neon this Friday night. So, again, that's something you want to do. Neon, we'll give that to you every week so you can let your children know. Don't let them be left out from the theme from the game. Give us next week's theme because next week's theme is a – next week's game is a home game. It is a home game against Rosa Fort, Matt. It's early, it's hot, it's a whiteout. The theme for the thing is a whiteout for the uh, the stance. That's correct. Got a whiteout. Okay. So, again, because it's it's early in the season, you're expecting yeah, very hot weather. The, yes, so, you're the, wearing the white, keeping it cool, whiteout next Friday. So, neon, if you're going to the Jamboree, whiteout for next week. And, again, we'll give you this to you next week. But really cool. This is really cool things. No, yeah. really we'll we'll update it every this. week, and then we'll get the next week as well. That's the way to go. Now we'll turn our attention to the only football game, the only real football game that we're covering uh, here under the water tower, the North Point Christian School Trojans versus the Jackson Christian Eagles. Yes. And North Point will be hosting the first regular season game, again, covered this year by the UTW Podcast. They will host the Eagles and looking for revenge from last year's 56-46 track meet loss at Jackson Christian that started the Trojans' great offensive year, but where the defense could never get it figured out. The Eagles returned their running back, quarterback, and their entire offensive line, so they should be able to put up points. North Point will be led by junior quarterback Jack Patterson, who had a 72% passing percentage with 3,129 yards and 32 touchdowns last year. But he lost three of his starting receivers, mm. so we're going to replace those, replacing three on the offensive and defensive lines. One of those being Bo Big Lane. One of those being my yeah. son, who was a center. Uh, and so, it's, again, it's going to be a rebuilding year. However, really have a lot of young talent. There's a huge freshman class and a huge eighth-grade class really coming up. Matt, saw their, their photo for the first time this week. Um there's probably over 70 players on the team. Wow. Looks like it's looks it's more than Bo ever had. Mo- no, yeah, we I think the most they ever had was like 60, 62. Wow. A very large team. They've Great. got a lot of you know a lot of freshmen, a lot of eighth graders. that do have some size. Obviously, they probably won't be able to contribute much this year. But looks like a good good crop coming up. Sure. That's how you have private school works. Every five years, they get a, a good class and it kind of falls off and they start over again. 
But uh, this is going to be a tough game. They did scrimmage this past Friday night. So last Friday night we did not cover it, but they did scrimmage against Vanilla Heights. They won that scrimmage 27-7 to in a mix between varsity and JV where they, they alternated every drive. But this week will be a tough test for the Trojans. North Point will need to find their defense and hold on to the ball to have a chance and hope that playing at home means something with it, be, with it being the first game. You know, watch Friday night, Matt, for the best Twitter game in the area yeah. there'll be oh that's right you'll be on it still you're, st- you're stuck still having to do it unpaid by the way <laughs> unpaid by the way so if you look for that twitter game here starting tomorrow night and good luck to the trojans so matt need to hear your prediction for the game and most importantly we need to cover the uh mascot battle royale you know Derek's gonna be tough um you know i used to pick four bow big lane but the center your son uh but i gotta tell you i think the trojans are very young i think the trojans are gonna struggle a bit as they get the um as they get to learning each other, uh, having a young team, and uh, I just think Jackson Christian's probably going to be the, on the winning side. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm going to predict Jackson Christian to win uh, tonight's game. Well, Matt, again, I hate to pick against the school that my kids attended. Uh, I will remain neutral. I will say that North Point kind of mentioned they are replacing uh, 16 seniors on the team, which is very tough for a, a private school to do. Uh, so we will see. They are young, but you know that could be exciting. There'll be a lot of people stepping up. And again, there is a lot of young talent. I promise you. Next year or two, you're going to be hearing a lot of young talent coming to North Point on the football, just like they do for the baseball uh, and for basketball. So again, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm not going to make a choice uh, on the North Point games because again, I, I do not want to pick against the school. Uh, but it will be a tough test. You all right? Now to the 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 mascot battle royale. Matt, Matt we have a Trojan versus an Eagle. A Trojan versus an Eagle. Any thoughts to that for the mascot battle royale? Ooh, um, remember they're in a cage. I know they're in a cage. That's a tough. They're inside a cage, which again we joke around. The Eagle can just stay away from the Trojan. But look, it takes a Trojan one time. The, the Trojan gets a hold of the Eagle, swinging through the you know swings a sword through the air, catches the Eagle, catches a wing. It gets injured. It's on the ground. It's on the mat, and the Trojan just uh, this takes care of the Eagle. Yep, Trojans come. Obviously dressed in full armor. I exactly. Mean, so the, yeah. the eagle may take a shot in an eye, maybe try to come at the neck, but it, there's a lot of metal. There's a lot of play. Yeah. It, uh, anytime a bird is on here, unless two birds are fighting each other, which maybe we'll get at some point. Uh, actually, maybe we won't because we don't cover a bird. So, yeah, when there's a bird on here, it's very tough for a bird to win. I, I don't see any scenario where a bird wins against the teams that we cover, so I'll also be going Trojan. Oh, we're going Trojan for the uh, the uh, the mascot battle royale. This is some of the fun stuff that we do. We break down the football games as best we can. We just we review them. We preview them. We have a really, really good time in the fall. So we're looking forward to a wonderful fall season when it comes to UTW Podcast. So please consider sharing our show. Simply take the Apple link or wherever you listen to your show, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and share the link with friends and family, especially if maybe we say your kids or your cousins or you know good friend's name on the show. Please consider passing that along to them. Also, find us on Facebook at UTW. UTW Podcast on Instagram at UTW Podcast and on Twitter at UTW Pod. Wherever you listen to our show, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, give us a five-star review. Simply helps us move up when it comes to local podcasts. If you enjoy our show, you're definitely going to enjoy OB Pod. OB Pod covers the eastern side of DeSoto County. They also deep dive into Lewisburg, Olive Branch, and Center Hill Athletics. This past week, they worked with, you definitely want to tune in uh, when it comes to their three head football coaches for those three high schools were interviewed, and those interviews are up now. So please consider looking up OB Pod to listen to that. Our Friday show always ends the same way. Please consider visiting a local church this Sunday morning. Uh, Derek, I don't mind. I'll start to say this. Hernando Methodist Church, that's where you and I go, and that's where you and I attend. We have three services, an 845 traditional service, a 9 o'clock service called the table, which is more contemporary inside the gymnasium, and then a 1055 traditional service in the sanctuary. We'd love to have you at Hernando Methodist Church, or please visit any local church this weekend. Please consider trying to maybe get into a Sunday school class. We feel like you will get the most out of it. Well, Derek, enjoy Friday Night Football. Good luck and congratulations to all those young people. Have a wonderful, wonderful fall of football. Well, Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. (laughs) 